Hey everyone, it's Andrea. Today, the Picards know how to get down and dirty. Worf and Wesley deal with some uninteresting family stuff, and we ask the question, who cares? Come nerd out with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Sharice, today we are talking Season 4, Episode 2, entitled Family. This episode was written by Ronald D. Moore and directed by Les Landau. After defeating the Borg, the Enterprise returns to Earth for extended shore leave. Still recovering from his traumatic experience, Picard meets up with his brother. That's kind of it. Yeah, well, and also there's some random B-plot with Worf and his parents, and then a more random C-plot with Mm -hmm. Beverly Crusher and her dead husband and Wesley. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is. The name is Family. The episode is all about families. And I have to say, it is probably the most boring episode of families that we have ever had. Yeah. I mean, even if we think back to the episode (laughs) in season one where Riker's dad comes on board. And it's yes. like a really weird episode. At least there's something interesting going on. They have that cool like fight, you know, and they've got like, and you find out, ooh, his dad used to date Pulaski. There's like, oh, I was yes. Yeah, there, that, that, there's a little bit of something going on in there. But this episode is, uh, yeah. My initial thoughts were, I usually skip this episode. So I don't remember what happens. I just remember it being boring. And that was true. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, what, your I, initial thoughts. My initial thoughts were, <laughs> What a come down yes. from like best of both worlds one and two. And honestly, it was going to be a come down, right? Because that second episode was so good. Whatever they did here was not going to be as good, but dang. A hundred percent. I think the problem for me was best of both worlds one and two was a complete set. Yes. They had, we've talked about this before. This episode was supposed to like finish up the set and provide closure, but it only really does in like the last couple of minutes of the episode. The rest of it is like, who fucking cares? So for episodes one and two, like ep- episodes one and two of Best of Both Worlds, it's like, oh my God, this is like amazing stuff. I would like to see Captain Picard processing through his extreme trauma that he went through with the Borg, but maybe like while they're on like some other like exploratory mission or like shuttling a delegate from one conference to another where it's like, you're not engaging with any kind of enemies. There isn't a space virus, like... You know, something like that. Or it could have been cool to have a space virus or some kind of enemy where now um, Picard is like second guessing his choices or he's like, we can't have any loss of life because he feels so guilty about what he did as a Borg, even though the right call is to like shoot down a ship. Yes. Something to see him process it in action and have Troy be there to help him kind of go through it and have like Riker and the other cat, the other crew members see him kind of come back to himself. And then by the end of the episode, he's the Picard we know and love. That would have been a great episode. Like I would have loved that episode, but this, I don't know what this was. Yeah. Well, in we need the another spirit, rewrite. Yeah. In, <laughs> in the spirit of this episode being really um, boring for us, I have heard that there are a lot of people who absolutely love this episode. I have I don't seen- know why. And I don't know why. And guess what? I don't care to know why. I really don't. It's so boring that I'm like, I don't even care if you think it's amazing. Okay, whatever. So Sharice and I both agree that we do not love this episode. So we're not going to have a whole lot to say about it. This is going to be one of those like, honey, I'm going to go to the store and grab some milk and come back. And you put the podcast on. And by the time you've gone to Vaughn's and come back or whatever your store is, this episode's going to be over. (laughs) It's not one of those long commuter episodes. (laughs) 
So we had the idea to get of your like, shopping list ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we've decided to do is instead of doing our regular beat by beat, um, we have decided to break up this episode into the three main storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about those in general. So as for Captain Picard, he's talking to Counselor Troy at the top of the episode and he's packing for his little trip down to earth to go to France, to his hometown, to stay with his family. And she's like, I think it's really interesting that you're staying with family. And he's like, well, it's home. It's earth. It's, you know, and she says something along the lines of like, well, the enterprise is also your home too. Like, it's interesting that you chose family and it's kind of a very loaded question, but Mm -hmm. he does say like, you've been really invaluable in this time that I've been recovering from being assimilated by the Borg. And I thought, finally, some emphasis on like mental post-traumatic mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder and mental health, like going hand in hand. It's not like Tasha has been killed in the line of duty. We're going to have just like a little holodeck ceremony burial, and mm-hmm. then everybody's back to work. Yeah. So Picard goes to France and he and his older brother who owns a vineyard do not get along. There's some animosity passive aggressive stuff yes between between brothers which is expected and and kind of on his way into the vineyard he runs to a little kid who ends up being his nephew who's just the cutest little thing in the world who also is the same actor who ends up playing Jean-Luc Picard later on in the episode Rascals in season six oh my god that was where I knew him I was like (laughs) Why does this kid seem so familiar? And I was going to IMDb him, but yeah. I was like, eh. but oh my I God. I saw them it's... in the opposite order. I saw Rascals, right? And for some strange reason, at some point I was rewatching this episode, probably because I forgot what it was about. And I was like, wait a minute. That's this, that's Jean-Luc Picard again. Wait a minute. And I was like, wait, <laughs> when did that episode happen? So it's so many years later that this kid looks totally different because here he's probably like, I don't know, eight and there he's like 11. So he looks totally, totally different. Um, yeah. But the cutest little boy, um, his nephew. And then we find yes. out that Basically, um, Picard and his older brother, Robert, have issues because Robert kind of took over the family business and he's all about staying at home, staying on Earth. And they don't even have a replicator because he doesn't like technology. He's all about working with your hands and kind of kind of old school, um, a little bit Amish kind of mm-hmm. in his in his beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then next to Picard, who not only is the captain of the flagship of Starfleet, which is super freaking dope. But he's also, you know, local local boy makes good where they want to throw him a parade and give him the key to the city. And apparently he was also like an athlete in school and super popular. And basically his older brother is jealous to the roots of his balding head <laughs> about Picard. His curling lip. Yes. I mean, there wasn't a single shot of Robert when his face wasn't like lip <laughs> curled and disdain. Twisted and anger. Yes. I'm going to have to find a picture of Robert and post it up on our Instagram at the TNG podcast, because good God, like the, just the, just the, like the snivy kind of like face where you're like, I don't like you. Right. Just so much animosity built up over the years, even to the point where when the nephew meets him who they've never met because Picard hasn't been back home in 20 years Mm -hmm. and his nephew's like eight. So Mm -hmm. when the nephew meets him, he's just like, Oh, you know, what, what does it mean to be an arrogant son of a, or whatever? And he's like, all right, yes. we'll talk about that later. He's just like repeating <laughs> what he's heard his dad say. The only thing he's heard his dad say about his uncle Picard. And it's just like, wow. Okay. So they have a lot of issues. And here's what I thought was really interesting. 
I also have this sense that if things are hard, go home and home is a, is a comfortable idea for me. Mm-hmm. But I think about like my family get togethers and stuff and they're, they're fun. Like they're loud, they're rowdy, they're fun, whatever. I, I don't totally feel like I fit in in them though. Cause I didn't grow up with this side of the family. Mm-hmm. So I don't have all the stories from when I was a kid, whatever. But, um, I was thinking like, this is kind of how it goes. People are like, I want to go home to family. I've had a hard time. I need family. And then you go home and it's the most tense dinner in the world, or there's just like drama or like looking at Picard and Robert. I was like, why did you want to come back to this? There's nothing pleasurable about any of these experiences. Life would be so much better if you stayed on the enterprise. And I just really didn't get it. That is, I mean, I think that like, it's nice that because of what happened with the Borg and now the enterprise is orbiting earth. It's like, well, while you guys are all here, like take some shore leave time. The ship needs to be retrofitted with stuff anyway. So you can take this extended shore leave time and kind of go bounce around with your family. and, And, you know, but I think you're absolutely right. People tend to think that when things go bad, you go home or when things get bad, you change your location because changing your location is going to change the issues that you're facing. Mm-hmm. But it turns out none of that is true. Yeah. Right. So you he keep has, your issues and in this case, find some new ones, right. Yes. Or maybe some old ones. He goes back to these same old issues, these yes. old arguments that his parents used to have. Now he and his brother are having, which is just silly. Yeah. And, and Robert is very passive aggressive with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, and while this is happening, um, Jean-Luc gets a visit from an old friend who's working with this underwater research organization called Atlantis. And he was like, you know, they really want you aboard. And he's like, I mean, I've just, I've got some ideas. Like I've been kind of keeping up with, keeping up with it, like in the journals and stuff, but I've got some ideas. And the friend Louis um, or Louis is like, well, I'll set up a meeting. And Picard's like, wait, what meeting? No, I just said I had some ideas. They're like, but they just, they really want you. Like, just meet with them. Yeah, and just come be see. like the director of this program to lift up a continent out of the ocean to, you know, because you can never have enough continents. Yeah, ex- exactly. And and really, Jean-Luc Picard actually really starts kind of thinking about it. Because again, I think it's that like traumatic experience aboard the Enterprise. If I change my location. Change my career, change my name, change my identity. Maybe I, maybe I will never have been locutus. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Maybe I can so change the past. He, the Picard storyline kind of wraps up with Robert and Jean-Luc getting into a full blown brawl in the vineyard and are just in wrestling the, each in other. In the muddiest section of the vineyard. Yes. Like, it was <laughs> like 54 hectares and there was like <laughs> a 10 by 10 patch of like mud and they were in it. So they are wrestling in the caked and mud at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Love that. I love that. Glad you caught that. I want to lift my glasses up on my nose right now, but I don't wear glasses. (laughs) So, um, and you know, this is a very like classic movie and television trope where like, uh, usually men are like having an all out, like just a bare knuckle match and something stupid happens and they both start laughing and the fight's over. Right. It's like, Oh, ho, ho, ho. Mm-hmm. and it's interesting that in this moment, Robert says something along the lines of like, you've been holding this in for too long. And Picard yeah. goes from laughing to crying, to, like mm-hmm. to crying. Robert says you've, you've been too hard on yourself. Like you've yes. been too hard on yourself. And then Picard just loses it. He just burst yes. into, and he was, had such a strong front in front of Troy. Yeah. Troy, you've been helping me and I'm so much better. Thank you. And it's like, yeah. why are you trying to hurry up and be better? You were just a Borg like five minutes ago. It's yeah. okay. If you're not okay. 
Yes. Um, but it's it okay wasn't okay open. for him, I guess, until his brother literally knocked some sense into him. And yes. then he was okay. And then he burst into tears. And again, this is like some beautiful acting by Sir Patrick Stewart, because yes. that laugh to cry transition is really hard to show those that range of emotions, like flipping a switch mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't seem fake or forced. And it didn't. Yes. It seemed really legit to me. It was just like, oof probably the only part of the episode that felt really legit to me. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Where Captain Picard is caked in mud and crying. And he's saying, you don't know the things they made me do. I, I tried to resist them. I should have resisted them. I should have been stronger. I, I, I should have been better. And it's just absolutely everybody's fear, mm-hmm. you know, take away the Borg part. And it's everybody's fear that you should have done better or could have done better, mm-hmm. you know, but poor Jean-Luc, that's, as you said at the end of last week's episode, that like one of the cruel twists of fate that the Borg have is that once Locutus of Borg no longer exists, Picard remembers everything. And mm-hmm. that's so horrible. Mm-hmm. So he just, you know, and Robert says, this will be with you a long time. So you can choose if it's with you at the bottom of the ocean or if it's with you floating through the stars. And I thought, that was a very poetic and lovely way of saying like changing your career is not going to make this trauma go away. Mm-hmm. It will just follow you. Your trauma mm-hmm. just follows you. That was um, the, probably the best line of the whole episode as well. Yes. That was yeah. just beautiful advice and really kind. You know, it was like, hey, just so you know, I he didn't say it's all going to be okay. You're going to get better. Don't worry, pal. You'll get over this. He's just like, this is going to be with you. This is a thing. This happened. This is a legit trauma. And you're going to have to work through it however long it takes. Mm-hmm. And it's just that tough love that only an older brother can give you after he beats the crap out of you and throws you in the mud. <laughs> well, with that excellent advice, Jean-Luc is ready to turn down the offer with the Atlantis and get back to the Enterprise. And he says a big farewell to the family and everybody's lovely. And Renee is just the cutest thing. He wants to be a starship captain when he grows up and. It's just really, really sweet. It's really sweet that he's inspired by his uncle that he's only met for the first time ever, like yesterday. I think that was just really cute. You you grow up hearing stories about this like hero. And even though you don't know him, it's like, he's my, I'm related to him. So for him to finally come for Mm -hmm. a visit is like, (gasps) I'm going to get to meet this hero. I do love that the episode closes with Renee sitting in the dark outside under a tree and just like watching the stars. And he's just totally dreaming of like, what mm-hmm. it would be like for him. It's really sweet. It's really sweet. So that kind of wraps up the Picard storyline. The Worf storyline. That was our A plot. Now we're going to go to yes. B plot. It's going to be a little bit thinner. And yep. our C plot is just going to be a whisper. Yes. I really, it's <laughs> going to be, be like very a thin. two sentence line. Yeah. So <laughs> Worf's parents are coming to visit the Roshenkos. Um, and he does not want them coming for a visit. And, and we don't know why. Yeah. And I forget who it was, but somebody had talked to Worf about like, maybe we don't need to like mention the like dishonorable, the whatever commendation, the discommendation. Thank you. That they did on Klingon. And he's like, no, I've like kept them appraised of all of it. Like there's no secret. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so why mm-hmm. don't you want that? Yeah. That was Riker. That was Riker when Worf was just like, it's not okay. I don't know why my parents are, are, you know, on the visitors list. That's inappropriate. Klingon families don't visit during while, while on duty, which is like totally false because Worf was taken with his parents to Kittimer which is the whole yeah. reason he got orphaned in the first place. Exactly. Whatever, whatever. He's just like, <laughs> my parents shouldn't be here. And Riker's just like, look, if you don't want to see your parents, you don't have to see your parents, but we're on, we're orbiting earth. We don't come here that often. 
why yes. not see them? Like, what can it hurt? Um, don't make excuses about it. You know, like yes. if you don't want to see them, don't see them, but don't yes. say it's a work thing because if you need more time, I will, you know, give you shore leave right now. So then you're not technically on duty. And yeah. by the way, Worf, we're not on a Klingon ship. And Worf is just like, well, fine. Like he's got no excuses, if yeah. he but if he doesn't want to see them, he has to own up and say, I don't want to see you. Don't come because I don't want to see you. He can't be like, ah, oh, it's because I'm so busy. <laughs> There's a really wonderful line from Downton Abbey where the Dowager Countess, who's played by Maggie Smith, and she's the fan favorite character. She's talking about getting out of meeting with people she doesn't want to meet or somebody else is talking about like, oh God, I don't want to see them. And she goes, avoiding people you don't want to see is the easiest thing in the world. Avoiding one's friends. Now that's the trick. <laughs> like, it's like it's so much harder to get out of doing things with people you like. But if you don't like someone or you don't want to see them, it's like, yeah, see, just don't see them. But so, yeah, his parents do He's not wrong. <laughs> right. I was like, you're spot on there. So the Roshenkos come aboard and they do the whole tour of the ship and the proud parent stuff with him. And they're all very Russian and he's aloof mm-hmm. and he just wants this visit to be over soon. Um, and we do have one nice moment where the parents are in 10 forward and they meet Guinan. Um, and Guinan's like, why didn't you ever give him prune juice? Referencing back to how much he loved prune juice in that one episode. Mm-hmm. And mom and dad were like, but he always, he only wanted us to cook like Klingon food, you know, cause like he was taken as a young orphan mm-hmm. and raised on earth. So he has no other Klingons around him. He doesn't know the music or the culture, but like he wants the food. Cause like that's his one tie. Um, and they're like, it was a really difficult time. We tried to be there as much as we can. And Guinan's like, I I just want to point out like what an incredible person Worf is. You did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. And he is, yes, he's Klingon and he wants his Klingon food. But what do you think that prune juice is? That's like, he's leaning to, to you and to mm-hmm. earth. And of course you have proud mom, proud dad. They're like, oh. Um, yeah, which was really sweet because we, we also find out a little bit of background about Worf as a child and why he is the way he is as an adult. He was orphaned when he was about five or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was old enough to know some Klingon stuff, but still very, very little. Yeah. And they mentioned his parents, his his adoptive parents mentioned that he only wanted Klingon foods and that he prided himself in learning everything he could about Klingon culture. And that's Mm -hmm. why he's such a stickler for Klingons don't do this and Klingons don't do that. And only Klingons Mm. do this. He's so obsessed with what it means to be Klingon because he wants to double down on his identity when he found himself in a sea of people who are nothing like him. And so for his parents to bend over backwards to um, learn how to cook Klingon food and probably learn Klingon words and make sure, like they mentioned, we let him blaze his own path. Like we mm-hmm. let him, we let him decide what he wanted to be and to give him the space, but also to support him and being as yeah. Klingon as he possibly could is a really hard thing to do. And you see him carry that on as an adult. He wears the ball Drake, that really dope mm-hmm. sash that he has, mm-hmm. um, which he doesn't have to wear that, but he wears it just so everybody knows that he's a Klingon because the, yes. the forehead ridges won't doesn't do give it. it away. It doesn't. Not enough. He has to like really own his, his, um, his identity as a Klingon, which I think is really cool and a really good insight into Worf as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, this episode is very popcorn. It's it's very mm-hmm. light and fluffy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm thinking of the episode where we talk, where we meet Jordy's mom, or we learn of Jordy's mom. Yes. And it's very similar. Where you're just like, I, I just want a little more like, 
I don't know what, but I, I feel like there's something here that could have been developed where we could have been like, oh my gosh, how interesting. Now I know Worf better. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I I know why Worf is the way he is a little tiny bit more, mm-hmm. but I feel like the payoff was not really good for having his parents on board. Like I yeah. don't think we needed them for much. So no, I, know, we, I feel we a little really didn't. Feel a little yeah, ambivalent about that. Yeah. I, you know, and he he goes to them um towards the end and he says, like, I must suffer this dishonor in shame. But they reach out and they're like, maybe this is too human of us, but when you are in pain, you are with us and we love you and we support you. And he kind of softens and he says, he's glad that they came after all. And that's kind of their storyline. Yeah. And then the Wesley storyline is Beverly gets a storage bin of Jack Crusher stuff. And among, you know, some clothes and old uniforms, she finds this little thumb drive of a video that Jack made for Wes when he was just a baby and he had planned to make a bunch more, but that was the only one he made before he was killed. Um, And she gives it to him and he goes to the holodeck and watches Jack talk a lot of just basic platitudes to him in the holodeck and then that's it (laughs) yeah it was the most anticlimactic thing ever okay so i was doing some number crunching and i was like "Uh?" um so jack made this when wesley was 10 months old and beverly's like yeah you know he made this shortly before he died and he wanted to make more and i was like no i I think i think it was 10 weeks old or something sorry sorry yes Uh, okay okay. yeah 10 weeks old Basically, he was like a newborn, mm-hmm. but I believe that Jack died when Wesley was like nine or something, because when he was comforting that other kid who had the ghost mom, do you remember? He was like, oh, mm-hmm. I was your age when my, when Captain Picard told me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, so he had 10 years. I don't know. Anyways. So you're like, oh my gosh, what's, what's Wesley Crusher's dad going to look like? What's this like thing he wanted to say to him? And it's just, all of it is such a letdown. It's just this super cheap holodeck program. There's not even a background literally just the holodeck and a dude standing there yeah and he's just like wesley i can't believe i've become a father i hope that i'm a good father well have a great day like that's yes. much the whole thing and you're it, just like yeah he was like <laughs> i'm sorry not- that like i hope that you grow up like not resenting me for being away so long you know but that's part of the territory it comes with the uniform and like maybe you i hope wear- you join starfleet yeah yeah and then wesley's like I am wearing uniform, you know, and then he's like, you'll probably be a doctor like your mom. Anyway, love you, kid. Uh, Mom's cooking, um, whatever the fuck. And like, gotta go talk to you soon. And I love that right when Wesley went to go grab him, Mm -hmm. he disappeared. And I was like, the good thing is it's a recording. So you could just play it again and try to grab him while he's still there to see if you could touch him, which you probably won't be able to. Right. Probably won't be able to. But it was just very like, oh, all right. I mean, the Picard storyline was like, eh, okay. And then the Worf storyline was like, eh. And then Wesley's storyline was, eh. <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole episode. There are, there is no problem on our mess scale. There's no, there's like no, a high meh. oh, it's a high meh. It's a high meh. Yes. Yeah. There's no, there's no conflict. There's no drama. Um, there's Although, no ships or viruses. There's no problems. The only problem was that we had to watch this episode. That was agreed. the problem. <laughs> totally agreed. And I feel like if this was supposed to be the conclusion of Best of Both Worlds 1 and 2, there weren't supposed to be problems. It was supposed to be this resolution. It was supposed to be this, this kind of a relaxing, down. a come down from yeah. a super high climax. And it is, but not in a good way. 
not in like a nice afterglow, like, oh, that's, that was such a good episode. It's more just like, oh, that was, hmm, that was it, huh? Um, so yeah, this episode definitely needs a rewrite. And, um, I mean, like completely, like just a different episode. We just need a whole different. Okay. Okay. So number two. Okay. By the way, Riker and Troy, were going to go to Angel Falls in Venezuela, which is stunningly beautiful. I would have loved to have seen like the picnic they were going to have on Beta Z before the effing Ferengi showed up and stole them. (laughs) Right. Like go and have a sexy picnic there. I want to see that. Like that's what I give the people what they want, but no, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, It was a very meh episode. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Do we even need final thoughts? I mean, really? Nope. That was it. That was our final okay. thoughts. It was, it you know, was high by on now, the mess scale. By now, our listeners are probably pulling up in fact in front of their place with the milk that they've been out and got. <laughs> Next week, we are talking season four, episode three, entitled Brothers. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. See you next time.